0: you ever heard the sound of freedom? Have you ever heard the sound of freedom? You're listening to The Flipside with Noah Philippiak, connecting the reality of the gospel to the grid of life. You can support the podcast and pick up some sweet Flipside swag at www.patreon.com slash Noah Philippiak. All right, welcome flip to episode 72 of the flip side podcast 72 72 big ones chase man Man. 72 don't you want to live to be 72 like the flip side yeah oh yeah man tell you what (laughs) welcome in chase stancil our our sporadic guest co-host we are very glad to have you back
1: co-host Erratic, maybe not sporadic. spontaneous. Spontaneous. I'm your spontaneous like co-host. When, when, when the flip side,
0: when the flip side is in a slump, we bring in Chase. Boom. To pull us out. Of it. <laughs> for for the record, Chase is not the guest who keeps canceling on me from previous episodes. I mentioned oh. that. Oh. So just so anyone's wondering, it's like, oh, Noah said guests keep canceling, and now he has Chase. It must have been Chase. It wasn't Chase. I just want to. I just want everyone Thank to know that.
1: You. Thank you for making sure my name is not Sully. Okay, I appreciate your concern for me, my brother. Yes, yes. (laughs) We we got you covered. We
0: got you covered. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Chase, I'm wearing my Angry Brew uh, t-shirt today. It's hard to see because I have to sit close to the mic, but I need to show off my coffee with a punch. Yes. Shout out to Angry Brew drinking today, actually, my Chris's Blend, Chris's Blend from Five Lakes Coffee. Also... Uh part of our sponsorship here on the flip side. Did you know? You can go to five angrybrew.com, order a bag of Chris's blend or Angry Brew. Oh, use promo code Flip. I can't re- forget that and you'll get ten percent off your order. It's I beautiful. forgot my cup, it's upstairs. I, you did. I know Man, you got I, your I, flip a bottom of my cup.
1: I forgot it. I wanna really go get it, but we're we'll recording, so never mind.
0: We need to get Angry Brew to get us some K cups so we can brew them at uh, at Unison. See? at your church, yeah. Uh-huh. Shout out to Chase for giving me free office space, so we also hey. now work in the same building. Though not today. Today I'm no. at I'm in my home studio. Uh, it's it's pretty fancy down here. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, before we jump into all of the great things we're talking about today, I'm going to open up our mailbag because we got some mail uh, regarding our last, our, it was good timing, it was our one of our last episodes we did together, and so uh, just a reminder to listeners, they can always email the show podcast at beyondthebattle.net, and we'd love to interact with your emails on the show. So without further ado... Let's open up the mailbag. Mel mail The time. leaves mail here. All right, Chase, this is hey. from Sam. This is from Sam and he says, "I wanted to thank you and Chase for episode 65 back in May. Chase was talking about the fear, not nervousness, uh, but fear of being hunted when a police officer pulls out mm. behind him when he's driving." He speaks to the fear of a black, uh, the fear of a black man while being pulled over. I think the fear of being a black man while being pulled over, but also acknowledges the fear of the police officers that seems evident. Chase is trying to fix the situation we're in by leading the conversation. I applaud Chase's likeness for serving the rest of us in that way. Him articulating that he is scared, that he acknowledges that the police are scared, just feels like really helpful vulnerability where maybe Mm. an understanding can be reached. If I were a white police officer and I could really internalize the reality that, hey, they're scared, I'm scared, I'm going to tread lightly. It just Mm. seems that could help. It could lower the temperature. I'm probably wrong, sadly. I know there are so many factors at play, but I think that Chase sharing that vulnerability is a big deal. I think it's completely unfair, like asking victims uh, to teach us to reconcile. Uh, that 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 you referring to you teaching in this in this moment but he just wanted to say thank you that was from sam and so i say thanks sam for the email yes uh, thanks sam that's
1: dope that's incredibly encouraging affirmation so thank you um i appreciate that
0: yeah so check out episode 65 one i i didn't look but it's one of the last ones we did i think it's when we were i'm pretty sure yeah i'm
1: pretty sure it's the last that's why i was like 72 where yeah. have I been? Where I've have you not... been? Spontaneous. That's where I've been. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Sam, I really appreciate that um, being vulnerable is, uh, is uh, I've learned to become content with it, though it's not comfortable at all. So it is a blessing to know that when it's fruitful in people's lives. So yes, sir, I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. And it'd be nice if there was more vulnerability in the area of, racial justice conversations right even even on both sides to to have like a human connection in the middle uh you know i think sociologically we often miss that of um here's why you're feeling what you're feeling here's why i'm feeling what i'm feeling you know and yeah um but so it goes so yeah man yes all right thanks sam keep the emails coming in podcast at beyond the battle dot net and before we jump into our topic of the day I want to shout out thank you to covenant eyes as well for sponsoring the flip side and by the way you listener can sponsor the flip side as well if you go to patreon.com slash noah you can support me and chase and this show and wait
1: say that you. say that web url again
0: patreon dot com slash noah Flippy. you said it,
1: i mean you said it so smooth brother like it was like <laughs> you were saying your, your your eldest daughter's first middle and last name like you, <laughs> like wait a minute he said that really
0: smooth like you've been practicing <laughs> we've been hitting the patreon drum for a while for bro we're getting there you remember my, hey. my 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 gnarly man beard that i had which
1: i was celebrating yes and you then were. you cut it off and Then i cut it off
0: <laughs> <laughs> amen to being able to cut that stuff out so See? shout out to the patreon supporters for that so we're working to get to 15 now that's our next goal 15 and then we'll do the the horseshoe mustache one of these no. bad boys for uh, uh. a week
1: yeah oh wait the horseshoe okay when you said horseshoe my brain actually went to like the little
0: (laughs) that's handlebar. handlebar handlebar. which i cannot do i corrected myself last episode because i was saying it wrong now i know that's the handlebar i have to grow too much hair out to do that i cannot go horseshoe this way
1: literally so. cannot my my face will not make a horseshoe i could do the handlebar thing i'm gonna let so, you do that one by yourself
0: so let me but... ask you a question you 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 have the option to plead the fifth on this uh, okay no there's
1: too much of that going on in the world
0: okay so if you get if you get pulled over if you get pulled over by a white police officer like sam emailed about okay you're, feel, you're feeling nervous already and and he pulls up to you and he has a handlebar. I'm not sorry. A horseshoe. He has a horseshoe mustache. <laughs> one of these only, and like some aviators. Does your nervousness nervousness level go up at that point? Does, okay. you, so, does it rise when you go? Oh man. I got no. the white cop with the horseshoe It does not. Mustache.
1: It does not go up. I can tell you <laughs> that now. It doesn't actually even matter who's in the car. <laughs> like it can be anybody, and my my like I think I get to ten real quick. It's Already a ten. Okay. <laughs> so it's right. like, Argh. but no, no. Um, I think the funny thing about it is if I had, if there was a police officer that came to the door with with a horseshoe uh, mustache and <laughs> aviators. It might actually de escalate <laughs> because it's hilarious. So,
0: it's like, what's like, what 70s TV show are what, you out of? What time
1: machine did you <laughs> just crawl <laughs> out of, sir? It's oh, no, no. gonna be me,
0: it's gonna be me for a week. Oh, and part of the deal is I have to preach in it, so it can't be like a oh, Sunday that I'm on. I gotta oh. preach in it, it's part of the deal. So, we gotta get to 15 patrons. Page- Patreons. We're at 11 okay, right now, so Patreons. 15 patrons. For the flip of pot, my that's his current challenge is it, right now.
1: Is it bad that I only want us to get 14 so that you don't? Oh, have Oh come it? on,
0: come on! I do the uh, 15. All right, all right. I, all right. You gonna do in. it? You
1: gonna do it? Patron I patron myself. Here's here's what I can do as the
0: spontaneous
1: okay. guest host. All right. When we get to 15, I will shave my head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's impressive because I'm not um, shaving mine. So. Uh, you know what?
1: I will bear that. <laughs> burden for you
0: my Thank brother
1: you, Chase. <laughs> so those of you only listening
0: on the audio we have many listening most of our listeners are on the audio uh podcast they need to head over to youtube.com and it's slash noah Philippiak or search and get a they need to get a visual of of your hair so yep <laughs>
1: just leave yes. that as the, as the, it, teaser. Yeah. the as teaser. teaser like yeah. go to youtube and you'll yeah. figure out why this makes sense yeah. alright <laughs>
0: alright so quick break for our covenant eyes uh, word and then we'll jump into our topic pornography it's not a comfortable subject but 94% of men and 87% of women have seen pornography at some point in their lives has porn impacted your life and your relationships here's the good news You can begin the journey to freedom today and have peace of mind knowing you're not alone in the fight. That's how Covenant Eyes works through biblical accountability. When you sign up, you choose an ally to receive your device reports and walk with you towards a life free from porn and the life that God desires for you. Try it free for 30 days by visiting CovenantEyes.com and enter promo code BEYOND at checkout. That's CovenantEyes.com promo code beyond at checkout freedom begins today all right we are back back in action first of all this relates this relates but congratulations to you my friend chase stancil first time author coming having a book coming out yes congratulations very excited about it. uh, the book is on spiritual gifts and yes uh in case listeners are wondering honestly I didn't go, oh, Chase has a book on spiritual gifts. Now I want to talk about the sign gifts with him, you know, healing tongues. I just wanted to talk about this for a while with you. I've had this little list on my wall of of (laughs) conversations, ideas. This is one of them. And then, hey, next thing I know, you have a book coming out on spiritual gifts, which is awesome. So let's first just quick start. uh, Tell us a little bit about the book. Yeah. Uh, and I know it's, it's going to be a while till it comes out, but we'll certainly be promoting that on the flip side. So Thank when it's, you when it's time to order that flip upon a mic and represent
1: Hey, and, absolutely uh, and
0: support. So but tell us about the book and why you wrote it and, and just whatever you want to share, then we'll jump in.
1: Absolutely. So the name of the book is called Seamless Rediscovering the Purpose of Spiritual Gifts. Um <clears throat> Ultimately, the premise of the book um, is that when we talk about spiritual gifts popularly in the church, we're really kind of looking at it from the standpoint of like you get a superpower you get a superpower noah what's your superpower i'm gonna tell you what my superhuman power is and that's not at all what scripture speaks to as it relates to spiritual gifts and that's not the purpose or the reason behind them and we have in some ways miseducated one another as it relates to why um, we even um, have spiritual gifts uh, and so i think the best way to look at it is that as believers, we have access to the unlimited power of Holy Spirit. Um, But to bolster our need for one another, um, and really in some ways to also kind of build in an answer to Jesus's prayer that we would be one, uh, we don't have access to that power in and of ourselves. It's like, Holy Spirit has divvied out that which is unique to the human aspect of ministry in the earth. Um, so that I need Noah. Noah has some skills and some gifts and abilities that I do not have, um, and I have that some that Noah don't have, and that's why Paul speaks so candidly about us this being like a body of Christ, is because every single part of the body needs one another. So if every part of the body needs one another, there's some ways in which all of these ways of ministry should be functioning together, and we have to actually start looking at how do we cultivate that that joint function, not the individual function. It's not just about Mm -hmm. cultivating your ability to pastor well or cultivate your ability to um, exhibit mercy well, what is the the intersection of pastoring and mercy? What's the intersection of administration and speaking in tongues and how do they actually function together so that we can actually represent Christ well in the earth? So that's really what the, that's what the book is about. Um, the first part of it is kind of the re-education. The second section is you're actually going through all of the spiritual gifts with some biblical examples of those gifts, uh, but then also some practical stories uh, of um, experience that I've had and also friends have had. And, um, and how, and even talking about some pairings, like like these these gifts would, you know, I feel like a, small, a sommelier, like like this wine goes really well with steak, uh, nice. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> but like, <laughs> but this gift and that gift um, pairing well together to so that people start looking for partnership in the body of Christ.
0: Nice, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. and and today we're just gonna hit on a sliver. So, for listeners, know Lever. like. We're talking about a piece of this. Yeah. This isn't this isn't like an episode about Chase's book, but that's a great intro, and I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, so, where, where my interest today is when it comes to talking about what what sometimes you'll hear called sign gifts and uh, healing tongues, prophecy of certain types. Uh, for for me, some of this comes out of my background where I grew up in I would call it conservative Baptist evangelical churches, who um, I believe the word is cessationalist. Um, but it is a word. Yep. So so and and again, if you've never heard these words, it's totally fine. But but churches that believe that sign gifts, those gifts that I listed specifically, uh, have ceased; that they don't exist anymore. Tongues, healing, prophecy, and and miracles. Maybe it would be another one. It's specifically named mm-hmm. and. You know, as I've studied the Bible uh, myself, you 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 read a lot about sign gifts in the Bible. You wrote in in the Gospels, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as well yep. as in the Book of Acts about the church, church. acts. And, and then, oh man, they're all over. The place, right? <laughs> and then in the epistles, the letters, Paul's continually writing about about them. Absolutely, and, 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 as well, and giving instruction on them. And so I, I'm just starting to be like, yo, this is biblical. Right. And if there is an irony to my upbringing and I'm not trying to like throw my upbringing under the bus by any means, I do think it's helpful that we all examine our upbringing and look yeah. at the strengths oh, yeah. and weaknesses of it. Right. And then it's a beautiful thing about the body of Christ. Even what you're saying, we all need each other. And so you meet people from other traditions and you go, Oh, you have things to offer that, that yeah. I just didn't know about. In my one you know, isolated local church, and the yeah. teaching that i that I was given there, uh, but but so two things. one, this is biblical stuff, but it's not part of my my background. So it's not like English as my first language kind of thing. and so, Ooh,
1: that's a good way to put
0: that. yeah, and so learning it as an adult, honestly, it's hard because you, you you just aren't used to it. and honestly, there's a lot of abuses that I've seen when it comes to sign gifts. Uh, and, and i'll talk about some of those potentially as we talk and so because i've seen abuses i'm really kind of like ptsd about them uh yeah. as as well but also realizing that especially as i read the text i'm going man it feels like there's more of god and i'm missing it like there's mm. more to god that i'm missing uh and then lastly this is a topic specifically the sign gifts that's really divided the church yes. the denominations And it's really been a splintering factor in the church. And so that's really why I want to talk about it, because I think it's something we, you know, normally on the flip side, we aren't just talking about trivia. We're not talking about theology just for the sake of trivia and sounding smart. Uh, I think this is practical. I think people really wonder about these texts. And and if you're on the more charismatic side of the spectrum, I think it's important to hear maybe some of the warnings uh, of how not to... um, I forget the word I used earlier, but like just um, not not to uh, abuse these yeah. gifts um, yeah. and how to use them sort of in a biblical way. And if you're on the cessationalist side of things to, to kind of realize that's not biblical and, and understand why. And and right. and I think there's a lot of unity to be had, you know, uh, somewhere in the middle. So that's my intro. Uh, Chase, yes. I'm just going to turn it over to you and kind of, however you want to interact with that or give your intro kind of to these specific a specific slice of the spiritual gift pie?
1: Yeah, I feel like, um, so uh, in the book, in the book, I call these the soul gifts because I have um, kind of separated uh, spiritual gifts um, to kind of in some ways play on Paul's words about um, us being the body of Christ. So, So I say that these, even though, These gifts don't represent the spirit of God. They're not more um, like they're not more empowered by the Holy Spirit than uh, than any other gift uh, that exists in terms of our uh, shared ministry of Christ. Um, They are like the human soul in that it's a bit of a mystery. Um, Right, like we can, we can study our mind and our body and even have words for studying our emotions, but we don't have much out there to study that, that very essence of who we are that we call our soul. So these gifts are not the essence of the gifts of the spirit but they are mysterious somewhat like the human soul so that's why i call it that yeah. way but anyway um i think one of the things that can be challenging with this is um because we just don't because we are very linear logic uh valuing culture In the United States and many other Western parts of the world too. We like things that can go from a to B very seamlessly and very cleanly. And there isn't anything clean about (laughs) the sign gifts. It's, it's, um, it is holy. Yes, it is. Righteous, yeah, absolutely. It is a display of the splendor and awe and majesty of God, one hundred percent. Is it? Does it fit cleanly into our desire for A to B? No, it doesn't. It some it starts at A and it gets to B, but it finds its way through M and <laughs> W and as well, and then um, and eventually we have to come to grips with the fact that it requires humility on our part to not just ignore that which makes me feel stupid
0: (laughs) yeah that's
1: okay right that's a big piece of this puzzle is it doesn't make me feel smart because I can't fully put my finger on it and master it from my linear logic thinking and and that makes me feel dumb and I don't want to so I just will say that it's not a thing and that is arrogant of us as humans, um, and that's a that is foundationally a lot of why we don't teach this is because we don't feel like we can, as opposed to taking the time to be humble and actually seek God for understanding and wisdom in it. So I think that's one puzzle piece. Um, you brought you made mention of um, the abuse of these gifts, and I'm gonna agree, and then I'm also gonna challenge. Because absolutely, we have seen a pattern of abuse in these gifts. But that's actually true of all the gifts. Mm. Like, we have seen abuse of pastoral giftings and leadership. We have seen abuse of of leadership giftings. We've seen abuse uh, in apostleship and in evangelism. We've seen widespread misuse and abuse of that which God has given us to represent him. We have seen that misrepresent God. And I, and so one of the things that we do is we point to this one as that one has abuse because again, I don't understand it. And it freaks me out, <laughs> right. Yeah. As opposed to being able to say blanketly, every single one of these gifts have the capacity for our stained nature to mess with them as well. And, and so, so when people talk about that abuse, i absolutely we need to agree but we also have to take a step back to say all of these are that way too every single one even the even gifts like serving there are people who misuse serving to really ultimately build themselves up and make themselves look more important in the group yeah. around them because they somehow like bear more of the image of Christ because they're serving everybody like <laughs> right we there's widespread misuse and that's ultimately actually why i think we have to have all these gifts together because mm-hmm. a part of what these gifts do sign gifts included like good like the gift of a prophet isn't just to forecast the future but when you think of what prophecy is it's like at its simplest form is that thus saith the lord period so There is a way in which prophets function as a little bit of a check and balance of of misuse and immaturity. Well, if we silence prophets whom are speaking on behalf of God in real time, well, then who are we listening to when we're going left and we should be going right? There's nobody there saying it, right? Because we told them stop talking, right? So anyway... I'm getting off into something more specific, but ultimately, I, you know, in terms of the idea of us having this conversation, I want to come to the conversation from a sense of neutrality, as opposed to um, bringing in, um, bringing in our skepticisms to it, because I think ultimately what ends up happening is we talk ourselves out of believing scripture when we come to it with all of the baggage that we come in, we have to learn how to lay our baggage down first and then, okay, Holy spirit, what are you showing me?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And that we can go there too, with prophecies. Cause I was going to ask you about that. I think prophecy is a word uh, I, and I'm just like transparent on this. I don't pretend to be like, know everything about yeah. the Bible uh, and, and have it all figured out. Um, so especially in this, this is an area that I'm like, I'm pretty, i'm a learner i don't know what prophecy means i've just heard it yeah. used i think different denominations just use it differently right um i've i've heard it i've heard it described as just like speaking truth or like yeah t- almost hard like corrupt- truth prophet- <laughs> well like it's just it's almost said like prophecy is the same as as preaching you know um yep and- and but then, if you like what you just said, thus saith the Lord, I mean, that takes it to a whole nother level because then you have to consider what do you do when somebody thinks they have the gift of prophecy and they're saying something, and you're like, yo, that's I don't think you have the gift of prophecy, <laughs> like, um, <clears throat> that's a lot to say, thus saith the Lord, right? Like, you don't want to get that wrong, yeah. Um, so unpack a little. Uh, and then there's predictive prophecy, which which we see in scripture where we're predicting, you know, like yeah. the fall of certain kingdoms and things like that. But then there's a speaking truth to power element that the prophets also did, which was they am going to go to the king and I'm going to share. And so we could look at people like, uh, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. or Mother Teresa and say they were prophetic right. in that they spoke truth. They were prophets. Um, and also so-
1: predictive, too right like they they both actually spoke about visions that they had about what the future was going to be about sure. what it looked so anyway but <laughs> yeah. um, but uh so yes to what you're saying um i think uh at at the at one extreme we um there are traditions that hold prophets as though they are um uh above everyone else in the church in terms of their relationship to God, because these individuals hear from God, that means they're basically demigods. Mm -hmm. That's kind of one extreme that's unhealthy. The other extreme is prophecy only is when when a preacher has a really hard truth that they have to tell people. And that was prophetic. As another extreme, that's also just not true. That's just good preaching. Yes. <laughs> it's just stewardship, right? <laughs> um, the The truth is um, that um, prophets, both Old Testament and New Testament, and historically, um, stand in this place of 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 speaking um, on behalf of God to God's people. That sometimes has to do with things that have happened in the past. That some has sometimes has to do with things that are going on right now. Some, and that sometimes has things, excuse me, has uh to do with the things that are to come. Time doesn't matter for God. So it doesn't, that's not a, that's not an issue. It matters for us, but God, God don't care about time. So mm-hmm. he's not talking about the future because it's all present to him. <laughs> so what we then uh what a prophet does um in terms of uh speaking for God is ultimately it is a part of it's kind of like a conscience for the body of Christ, right? And that's a part of that speak uh speaking truth to power part is not just power politically. God I don't care about these politics, like that's not a like where does truth need to be spoken to power is in leadership in God's people. Yeah. Right. Like, so in this context, it's actually the church, the best, the best way for us to understand what a prophet is, is someone who regularly hears from God intimately, but also delivers words of either correction, encouragement, or affirmation to individuals who are, within the body of Christ. Sometimes that means you need to actually go up to a pastor and say, hey, I know that you feel like we need to be doing X, Y, Z, but in time and prayer, I really feel like the Lord was saying that we need to really pause on that and look at what's happening over here. And, and And then honestly to say, and you go back and you pray about what it is that I said because you also have a relationship with the father. So, it's not just that it has to come from me. That's just what I'm hearing and it's going to be important for you as our leader to attune to what the God, what God is saying. Boom, right? If we t- if we go crazy and like because they're saying God said it, then that means then that all bets are off. Well, then ultimately we make them God. But yes. we do have to think yeah. of, we have to we do have to respect if they have a track record of I, they're saying, this is what the Lord says. And then it, it kind of, it, it tracks, it actually happens. then we have to respect that as well. We have to honor that as a part of the body. Uh, so some dangers, I think that happen in that, um, everybody, um, oh, actually I want to, before dangers, you, you talked about, uh, um, predictive prophecy and what to do with that the bible is actually super clear about um about what to do a predictive prophecy in both deuteronomy and um in jeremiah um if a prophet says something and it happens it was true if a prophet doesn't say it or if a prophet says something that doesn't happen it wasn't that is legitimately
0: <laughs> I, doesn't one of those that might be the deuteronomy says and they are to be killed i yeah, I, I wasn't gonna go that far yeah, bro okay not, but <laughs> But, but I think it's it's important to even distinguish between, like, being prophetic and being, I am a prophet. Like, that makes me pretty nervous if I hear someone say, I am a prophet. It's like, you better I, be right all the time. If we're well, in the old covenant, at least, we have to kill you if you're wrong.
1: No, okay, say, and I would say that's too far. <laughs> we ain't in the old covenant. <laughs> but also, I think that we again i think we talk ourselves out of living scripture here um there is vulnerability anytime you're saying you're operating with the authority that god is giving you there's always going to be vulnerability there but because we have such a we have a track record and we keep going back to people have misused this in the past so we need to tread lightly Yes, people have misused it in the past, but that's the value of checks and balances. Even scripture in the new testament talks about prophets being subjected to prophets, like they're subject to one another, right? So, right, if there's a person in the in the body of Christ who's saying that we need to do this because God is saying that, and the other prophets are like, I ain't hearing that, <laughs> that ain't nothing. Else. yeah, what what are you talking about? Right. That becomes, as well as that that prophet's track record. If they're saying the Lord said to do this, and that ain't none, nothing's happening, or God's doing this, and nothing's happening, well, then we know that what they may be hearing from a spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit, <laughs> okay? It's the not Holy Spirit. Yeah, right. So that's and so, but if we sometimes we make it so incredibly because it's mysterious, we make it bigger than it is. There are Baked in checks and balances, but we don't. We have not taken the time to see how do those checks and balances allow for us to have unity in this space, in the um, in the in the work, in the ministry of Christ. Like one of the things that I love pointing out is all of these gifts, even the sign ones. There is no spiritual gift that was not present in Jesus. So ultimately, what this is is. All of us have inherited something from the first Adam, or excuse me, the second Adam. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, these gifts. We've got a part of what Jesus was already doing in the earth. Jesus was a prophet. Jesus, sure. right? Why? If, if Jesus says that we're going to do all these things and more things, why would we assume? That that's not something that should be there, but there also should be checks and balances that are a piece of that. And if we then see, oh, we have to do it together, then the discipline to do it together is actually what causes us from going left where we should be going, you know, continuing to move forward.
0: Yeah. No, that's helpful. And yeah. for me, one one of my personal stories of PTSD in this area is, and this isn't necessarily maybe. I think it overlaps with prophecy. Yeah. But when when someone says, you know, the Holy Spirit told me, yeah. and I I wrestle with that because Holy Spirit does tell us stuff. I just think we have to be humble about it and know that um well, you know, and I've heard people say the Holy Spirit won't contradict scripture, and that's true. But there's a lot of interpretation of scripture too, you know, right? We can literally
1: um, make scripture say whatever we wanted to if all we gotta do is be good with words.
0: Yeah, but,
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I know, and that's what makes it tough.
0: But like, I I, I can share this a little a little bit. I I don't want to be too specific, but um, we we were in a church situation, and um, the worship leader was doing five new songs every Sunday. Five brand new songs. New songs nobody'd ever heard before. They were a new a new genre, like literally like songs nobody'd ever heard before. And <clears throat> people couldn't sing them because they didn't know them. They were just really unfamiliar with them. And the worship leader was getting frustrated. Uh in fact, called the congregation spiritually dead. And I was trying to give suggestions and uh, guidance maybe you know i don't remember exactly how much of my authority i i gave as far as like here's, here's what would be wise versus like here's what you need to do um i just asked the worship leader hey i love the new songs we love the songs the genre all that it's great do it but could you repeat songs that's all i'm asking It's just repeat songs um so that the congregation can learn them and then I think you'll find that that they're able to sing, and uh, they told me, "Well, the Holy Spirit tells me what songs to do," and so no, I'm not going to repeat songs. I'm I'm going to do what the Holy Spirit, you know, tells me to do. Um, there was another time this person really unbiblically called me out in front of all the members. They they accused me of a bunch of stuff that I literally never said. First, I'd ever heard of it was in this context. I'd never heard what they were saying. And they were accusing me of 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 a lot of really malicious things. I mean up, like finger in my face kind of thing in front of a membership, you know, meeting. And uh somebody, it was it was like the low point of my ministry career. So I mean it like when I say PTSD. And um someone else, because I was trying to just kind of take the high road and like, wow, this is all I'm just like in shock right now. Someone had said, Well, you know maybe you should talk to Noah one-on-one about this. Um, That's what Matthew 18 says to do. Like that's the Bible. Uh, If someone offends you, sins against you, you talk to them one-on-one before you take it to the church, right? And uh, their response was, uh, and so they asked them to apologize to me for like doing this in front of everybody. And they said, no, I'm not gonna apologize because the Holy Spirit told me to say, you know, these things to Noah right now. Uh, And so, no, I don't think I should talk to him one-on-one uh and the holy spirit told me you know so and again there it's like it what's pretty simply biblical like you're disobeying the bible the holy spirit didn't tell you that but 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 you, <laughs> see, you see that and like this person would would see themselves as a very charismatic person and this very like they there they what i mean is when you have the perspective that i have of like not growing up with this i see people that say like holy spirit told me And what I really see is a lot of like recklessness. Like I'm going to, I'm going to leave my job because the Holy Spirit told me I'm going to go move across country because the Holy Spirit told me, and then they get there and it sucks. And there's like, you know, they're depressed and like, it's like, well, I don't know if the Holy Spirit told you to move across the country, like on a whim or to quit your job on a whim. So that's where, and and let me, and I'll kind of land with this. I got to be careful where I think I'm good at warning people of the other side of it. Like, Hey, that's yeah. cool, but, and I don't want to lose the fact that the Holy Spirit does tell people stuff. But I also right. want to give a warning that like, just cause you hear like a feeling in your gut or like a voice in your head, that doesn't mean it's the Holy Spirit because frankly, like we, there's just things we want to do. And it, it feels <laughs> like it feels, Whoa. I don't have peace about this, so, I'm going to go do this thing. That doesn't mean you should leave that thing that you say you don't have peace about. <laughs> Bruh.
1: That, so, so I, I'll say this. So, this conversation is huge. Um, so, first, I hate that that happened to you. Like, absolutely hate that that, that happened to you. Like, that grieves me um, to the very core of who I am. Like, I want to find this person. And
0: they're not listening to the podcast. I,
1: I, I I'm like and um and like I don't I don't even have words for what I want to have happen, but I just feel like I need to like stare at them very awkwardly because I don't <laughs> want to be violent, but I do want them to know that yeah. yo, you <laughs> you like uh that was wrong, flat out. That was wrong both times. It's not that's and that I think that's that's one of the things in in the church that we don't we don't do. And that's a part of why it gets reckless is because we're afraid to in the moment say, Hey, what's happening is wrong. Mm -hmm. That's not biblical. That's not okay. That's not so that person who stood up in that moment did what should have been done in that moment. But I think that so there is a spiritual gift of leadership and leaders in that moment stand up in those like yo what's happening right now is not okay it's and there are shepherds who are to protect and care for the flock that's a piece of that puzzle like hey what's happening right now is not okay you were absolutely right in confronting that person and saying hey it would be a good idea if we could sing this uh, the same song a couple of times and when that person says that the Holy Spirit has said that this is what we do. Like, oh, that's great. I'm glad you're hearing from the Lord. The Lord would not cause us to be in disunity in our worship. Who else have you checked with to confirm what the Lord has said to you? Mm-hmm. And if they say nobody, I don't have to, you're dealing with a narcissist, not somebody following the spirit of God.
0: Yeah, it felt like that. And right? it was it was blanketed in the Holy Spirit. And so yeah, then like they that's they trash. Were the, they were the spiritual ones see then
1: and, and that's so- trash <laughs> that, that, and so and it's okay for us to call that what it is that's yeah. not that is not that's so why i said this conversation is is good and it's big is because there are other spirits that want to that want to speak to us too that i wasn't joking when i said like <laughs> that's the not holy spirit yeah. like there, like, there are. It's yes, you've got your own agenda. There are, like, and there's, you know, hopefully our agenda is surrendered to the Holy Spirit. But if it's not, that's going to be in competition. But then there are also other spirits too that would also want to utilize all of our influence to cause disarray disunity and ultimately keep us from doing what we are designed and called to do here, which is represent God and make disciples literally. Right. Yeah. So why? So ultimately if a person is hearing from the Holy spirit, that's going to be confirmed and bear witness with other members of the body of Christ. It's not going to be random. (laughs) It's not going to be like, you know, I'm hearing from the Lord and the Lord is saying this. Like, I know that we like to, like, we we almost caricaturize prophets as individuals who are lone wolves. They were not the only people, like, in the Old Testament, they weren't the only people hearing from God. Like, Elijah, uh, Elijah got, like, got fell into that trap of saying i'm the only prophet i'm the only one yeah and and god was like no you're not i got 700 other ones like what you talking about right i love that (laughs) i love that passage. yeah right like you're not the only one here so so even now this idea that like a prophet is gonna go rogue and and like you know they're hearing from the lord because they're only one saying it that's trash Mm. god cares so much about the unity of the body of christ that he hangs our whole witness on it (laughs) Right, <laughs> he hangs our witness on our ability to be one, so he's not gonna make one person be the only one who hears from him and the only ability to confirm that. So if that one person is hearing something, the and that nobody else it bears witness with no one else's soul in the congregation, yeah. more than likely that person is not hearing from God. And that's okay for us to say that out loud. Yeah, that hopefully. that. Right. That doesn't diminish the office of prophet or diminish the, the phenomenon of hearing from the Holy Spirit. It rightly corrects that individual's misbehavior because that it. And when we do that, then we actually create a pattern of you can't misrepresent God here. That's not OK. That is actually, that's the essence of what it is to take the Lord's name in vain. You're mm-hmm. lying on God. Yeah. You're saying yeah. God said this and God didn't say that that is nowhere close to what God said. And if he did, he would have told he, if, even if God did say that how you're going about it is inappropriate. So it's unbiblical and also misrepresenting God
0: mm-hmm.
1: period. Mm-hmm. If God told you to do that, he's not going to tell you to com- confront Noah for the first time in front of a crowd of people on a Sunday morning, get out of here with that trash. Yeah. Matthew, let's go to Matthew first, and then we'll talk.
0: Yeah, right. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. I got another. I, I, okay, so, so t- topic a little bit. So, <laughs> so healings, um, healings, and you know, miracles on one extreme. You know, you have, uh, you have the the Benny Hinn's, the the healing services, and even some of that stuff that got exposed. Like some of these were fake, you know, and whatever uh but then also I hate that <laughs> um plant people that are planted in the audience you know to fake it Um, uh, but but i do know of genuine like and i and i have maybe at the end I'll, I'll read off some some scripture references kind of where where some of this stuff is but but like there's legitimate um find my tab here in first corinthians 12 7 through 11 you know, Paul's listing some of these gifts and yeah. he's talking about manifestations of the spirit. And this is where he lists a lot of these, these sign gifts. He says to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, <laughs> to another uh, prophecy, to another. And he goes on, you know, tongues and, yeah. and whatnot, interpretation of tongues. So it's like, I think he's given some people the unique Gift of healing, and I don't discredit that. I know yeah. uh, a, a friend of mine that got healed at a healing service, you know, and and right. and they've described that to me, and that's that's really helpful. I just I'm one of these people that really sees both sides of things, and sometimes yeah. that's really helpful. It can be unifying, and other times it feels like I'm a fence sitter, like I don't want to have a backbone, or it just makes me feel like I don't know what's true, right? Either, but uh, you you with healing, I think in my own Personal experience, what's made it difficult is like I pray for people and they don't get healed, right? And I think if every Christian is honest, that um that that's true of them. Like we've all healed for people, pray for people that don't get healed. That's biblical. Well, yeah. And I tend to go towards we're all gonna die. We live in a fallen world. Lazarus was raised from the dead. And guess what happened to Lazarus? He I, died he died again right can't and, and, go through and, it
1: twice and I, can't, and I'll, and I don't
0: I'll know say, if that was a
1: blessing no.
0: right? exactly. um, and and i look at in the new testament people were like chasing these miracles john six is a great example of that and jesus basically said yo i didn't come to do miracles i came that you would feed off of me end of john six and they all leave him and it shows that these miracles became idols that people really wanted the miracle; they didn't want Jesus, and that's what I meant at the beginning about some of yeah. the abuses where I feel like that can happen in charismatic oh, yeah. churches, where it's like we want the experience, we want the sensation, we want this 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 healing or whatever it is—the tongues, the euphoria of it. We yeah. don't really want Jesus. We don't really want to obey Jesus. We don't. And I'm not saying everybody, right. um, but but it's like, yo, if the Holy Spirit was actually working, He'd be convicting you of your sin because you're sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend right now and you don't care but you're here like worshiping wanting to get high on the Holy Spirit or whatever right that's just like one example right. uh, and you can kind of see that and go well that's not that's not what the Holy Spirit's for you right um, yeah. but all this comes back to in, in my own life you know it, I'll admit it makes it harder like I pray that people would be healed I don't really believe that in a miraculous supernatural way they'll be healed or I think that God can do that. But I know other people that they are like, man, they're binding and loosing, you know, literally like Jesus, you say, bind and loose on earth and it's bound and loose in heaven and it'll happen on earth, you know, the the way we bind and loose it in heaven. And and that's a direct scripture verse uh, from the gospels. I I don't remember where it is because I don't have it in front of me, but, and they've got this, this confidence, you know, in this thing, this thing happening. Um, I, (laughs) I prayed for this guy to be able to walk and I was with an older guy um, who was from my church, a former pastor, and he was praying with them. And he's like, now get up and walk. And like the guy couldn't walk. And it was really awkward, right? And it was like, dude, I don't know. I don't think you should have said that. I don't think you should have told him to get up and walk. But it almost feels like, and I'm really promise you like to listeners here, I am not, I promise I'm not knocking this tradition. Like I just am confused Uh, and, and, and I'm honestly in envy. I'm in envy of that kind of faith too. Um, but it feels like the more confidence you have in it, the more likely you think it's going to happen. And I've had people tell me the reason, like if I'm praying for someone to be healed and they're not healed, it's because I don't have enough faith. And then that takes me into a place of condemnation. Like, oh yeah, I'm not good enough. I don't have enough faith. I'm not a good enough Christian or whatever. And so therefore this person isn't being healed. And then I go, that's not the gospel because there's no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans eight one. Sorry, man. That's everything I got on healing. Um, there's got to be somewhere in the middle where okay. we can like pray for healings and 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 but not set people up. Let me say one more thing. I forgot one more thing. That there's people that leave their faith. I know of a specific. This is sort of like a a kind of well known Christian person where they were in a charismatic church, charismatic upbringing. And they couldn't get pregnant. And these charismatic people in their church, you're going to get pregnant. God told me you're going to get pregnant. You know, it's kind of a prayer for healing. You're going to have a baby. And I've heard other people say that to people that are infertile. The baby never comes. And if you really believe that God was going to give you the baby, like this person told you, then you're crushed. Like you, you, you made your faith out of glass. And it dropped and it hit the ground and it shattered. And yeah. that's just one example that happens a lot with people, though, that really believe this bad thing won't happen to me because, look, there's gifts of healing and there's healings in scripture. And so uh, that's the other thing I got to throw in there where I think this is really important that we get this right, because getting it wrong um, has consequences. It has consequences to it.
1: So, um, uh... Man, um, I needed to write stuff down.
0: Yeah, that's my that's my warm up. Because you, you were just. All right, <laughs> that's right. That's the warm up man. to know.
1: <laughs> that's the appetizer, the pre rant. Yeah, that's the pre rant.
0: <laughs> just where, uh, wherever. I'll, I'll, I'll pick up okay. whatever. If you don't have to so, catch it all.
1: So, first, um, our lack of education about gifts like healing and miracles is the, and I mean, church-wide, our lack of education is the primary issue here for both people who don't believe it and for people who do. Because as as well as our lack of or misunderstanding of what authority looks like in the spirit, our misunderstanding of what the purpose of healings and miracles are for like all of that we have. So it is because we just stop talking about it. We won't talk about it because we're again, it makes us feel stupid. Yeah. We refuse to teach each other about this as well. So everybody's just stabbing in the dark <laughs> about how this looks. That's a significant piece of the puzzle. So I'm going to tell you a, st- a couple stories real quick.
0: Yeah, go for that, it. That
1: right? Um, I um, personally, um, uh, st- I had plantar fasciitis. Um, I was in my um, late tw- uh, early 30s, um, and for those people who don't know what that is, plantar fasciitis basically bone spurs growing on your your uh, heels or other bones you know on your feet. I would literally like get out of bed, take and take a first step, and like like, (laughs) I have to like brace myself because the pain was so excruciating throughout the day because those bone spurs, you know, would, you know, would basically be moving the tissue of my, um, you know, skin and, uh, you know, muscles, you know, basically moving it out of the way by the end of the day, that pain would not be there. But first thing in the morning, every single morning, four months (laughs) was like boom Ah! and so i like had to learn how to walk um uh, with that pain in the morning and i I was telling my friend about it um and he um and i had no i wasn't like expecting like him to even pray i was just like telling him about it and um and he um said hey i feel like you should take your shoe off and i should pray uh, take your shoes and your socks off and i should pray for your feet and i said okay because listen I'm all about you praying because if that's what's going to take yep. this stuff away, yep. please. Right? I believe in healing. Let's go. <laughs> so, I did and um and he, he wasn't screaming. He wasn't binding anything. He wasn't like like, you know, dipping my feet in, you know, hot blessed oil. He grabbed my heels and just uh quietly and softly prayed. Um and uh and, and spoke healing over my feet and um I felt a tingling in my feet um and warmth on my feet. Mm-hmm. And the next morning I did not I did not have pain. I have not had that ever happen to me again since then. Um uh here's another scenario. Um I was uh going to be with a family whose um <clears throat> Who the the patriarch of this family uh, was um, in the hospital and basically dying, and um and I I mean I was a, you know pastor really going to kind of one comfort the family pray with the family be with them that kind of thing especially as he's in his last moments, um and I make it a rule I have a rule of just. I pray that God would heal because that's, cause we can ask God, Yeah, right? right? I'm not saying I profess to have the gift of healing cause that's not something that, that the Lord has ever revealed to me. And that's not, there's no pattern of that in my life. But I believe that we can ask God with confidence of God's love for us. Um, and so I, that's what I do. I started to, um, I know they wanted me to pray that he would be healed. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, uh, and I started to pray and the Holy Spirit was like, no, you don't get to pray for his healing. I'm like, okay, well, what do you want me to say then? <laughs> um, and I just pray, and I and I remember this is the first time I've ever prayed this prayer. Um, uh, God, you love him more than we do, um, and because of your love for him, we surrender him to you. This is not about us. It's not about him. You be glorified in what you do in your son's life, and we will surrender to what it is that you want to do here. Um, I know they were disappointed with that prayer. Um, It felt awkward for me to say it, but that's what I felt like the spirit was saying in that moment. So that's what I prayed. Um, And then I went home and he was still unconscious. Um, And then 30 minutes later, um, they pulled the plug and within 15 minutes, he was fully conscious and awake and he lived for another seven years. Wow. (laughs) um and um, I saw him at the store um and then I and then um and I because I wasn't I wasn't as connected with him at this point um and I just just glorified God and just smiled like like wow God you are crazy like that's amazing that that's what that was um and um and I saw his wife um after he had passed away um and she just talked about what his life was like after that and just praised god with me for the time that he had um and what it looked and even what it looked like for their family to to know what surrender looks like and um so here's um here's why i'm sharing those stories Um, i've prayed that same prayer before and the person died sure right like uh, that's not it's that's not a magic you know formula for keeping somebody alive surrender yeah. isn't keep my family alive no it's literally surrender and whatever god wants to do is what god does i think one of the things that we have to remember is that spiritual gifts are not for me to get what i want if spiritual gifts are for me to get what i want well then that's called that's called witchcraft hmm. Hmm. right right? The best way that we can look at witchcraft is using supernatural means to achieve natural de- natural results that I want.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. That ain't, that's never going to be God's desire. And there's a bunch of people practicing witchcraft in the church because they're just going after what they want. Right. The best way to look at spiritual gifts is we are the body of Christ. And we are continuing the ministry of Christ in the earth. Every single thing that Christ did was to glorify the father. So everything that we do should be glorifying the father too. use the gift of healing and the gift of miracles is not for that person to be healed. The end result has to be the glory of God. If the end result is not the glory of God, it's not happening. (laughs) Period. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's ultimate, like when you look at all of those stories in both in the Gospels and in the New Testament, or excuse me, and in Acts. There's somebody who does a healing and immediately, what is the, the immediately the next thing that happens is they go tell people what has happened and people come to Christ and there, and God is glorified. There are lives that are transformed and changed because of this healing. It's not just because we ran out of doctors that we need to pray. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. right. So it is specific that the function that we have as the body of Christ is to be a representation of new humanity in the earth a redeemed humanity that's what we're supposed to be
0: shout out to new humanity hey
1: right that's that's what the church is that right our our mission is to make disciples but our identity is a representation of redeemed humanity in the earth so what an our as our primary primary part of that identity in us is representing god to the to creation so if it has to do with something that i want to, i just like i can't imagine my life without this person so like i'm about to just speak healing all over them no it is constantly going to be about in what way does this point to the father if it doesn't point to the father then it's not a thing a person with the gift of healing needs to actually be surrendered to the discipline of 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 listening to the spirit for how that will glorify the father if it doesn't then sit down because sometimes it glorifies the father more for that person to trust him in pain sometimes it glorifies the father more for that family to be able to learn how to grieve in a way and sometimes real talk sometimes what we're really doing is asking god to keep our idols alive so God ain't definitely, definitely ain't going to do that. <laughs> so, right. So sometimes it glorifies the father more if what you, what you want doesn't happen. And sometimes what, and be, but because we don't teach each other that all of this stuff is to point to the glory of the father. We just tell each other, what you want is what you should get. And when you don't get it, that something's wrong. And I won't say something's wrong with God. So then that means something's wrong with me. No, it's a miseducation.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: first things first seek the will of the of the father and then everything else comes after that
0: yeah i uh my uh and i think this comes from my pastoral heart honestly of wanting to um i anyway I, i think even with that we still have to always we can never make formulas. I think when we start Woo! to make yes. formulas of any kind, uh, there's something really always bad is going to happen because God just does not. He does not abide by our formulas on purpose. And it's so, like- so, um, and I know this isn't what you're saying. I just want to throw this out there to like kind of give some. I don't know to listeners who might have gone through some of the stuff. Like if if I have a three year old and they have leukemia. I mean, I can't, you know, my kids, uh, my youngest is five and like all my kids, they're, they're, they're 10 and, uh, 10, nine and, and five, but I could, you know, there's just that cute and any, any child of any age. Right. But like you hear about these three-year-olds, four-year-olds that have leukemia and it's like the saddest thing ever. Right. And, and for most of these kids, they're being prayed over, like they're being, there's somebody's coming in and praying for healing. Yeah. And and then they die. And I and I, I want to be clear that you're not saying, uh, well, that's so, you know, the father could be more glorified because this three year old, you know, died. And maybe that's true in some way. But I think for the family, when we're in those situations, I don't want to set up a formula where somebody goes. Um, and, you know, even some of these like I think Romans 8, 28, the reference uh, for for all works, you know, all this works according to the good of those who love him. There's a lot of really trite and pithy statements where you can, I think, misapply that verse and say, Well, this that'll work out to her. You're good. There's some good that'll it's like bull crap. Like my three-year-old just died of leukemia. I, I do think there's a point where I have to just say, look, the world has really fallen and this wasn't supposed to be this way. Yes. And the sin sin has broken the world, and like we're going to pray for healing and we're going to believe in healing and it didn't happen. We're not going to leave our faith over it, but we're we're also not going to say somehow it's better yeah. this way that this happened. I, I just, you know, I don't, I can't go there personally. No.
1: And I don't think we should, I think we, we call each other to the tension of what that is, as opposed to trying yeah. to usher each other to the comforts of extremes that aren't real. Right. Like I know it feels comfortable for us to say that like all things work together for the good. Like, But, and while it's true, that that isn't a comforting verse when someone has just lost someone they love. Like that's trash. Ultimately, it's that ultimately all that does is get us to live in denial of what we're actually feeling. What we really need to do is send people to Psalm 13, right? Mm -hmm. Psalm 13, where the first two, uh, first two thirds of the chapter is david complaining about how mad he is and how yeah. sad he is and how frustrated he is and then the last third of the the, the chapter is but he's still going to trust god right yeah. like that's the truth like if you really want to send somebody to scripture don't send it to some some weird verse that you like that basically just turns your emotions off go to a place that's actually really in the gutter of what that person is feeling and walk with them there. So, anyway, when I I think one of the things that we we again, it's a it's a matter of discipleship. We cannot assume that what brings God most glory feels good to me. That's all I'm saying, right? Like I think sometimes what we what we feel is it's going to glorify God if I'm happy right? Because I think this is a good idea, then God is glorified by it. That is trash. That's not biblical, nor is it truthful. Yeah, It's okay for us to know that God has different, not, God doesn't have different cares than we do in terms of In terms of my loved ones or even myself. It's just to say that's not the only thing that God is concerned about. It is incredibly arrogant for me to believe that I'm the only thing that God is concerned about. And, and sometimes away from I'm not saying in the middle of our morning. Right. I'm not saying go talk to somebody. Right. Like, man, I'm so mad. God took my daughter away. Like you, how arrogant are you? Okay. That's just insensitive and and lacking compassion. That's not a time to teach anybody how to deal with grief. It's away from our grief. It's in moments where we're not in the depths of it, that we grasp these values of God has never, ever promised to us a life of life free of challenges. He never promised us that. That is not a biblical concept that just because we love Jesus, that my life is gonna be happy all the time. If we keep teaching each other that, then all we do is position one another to abandon God when the truth hits us, right? What has God promised? I will always be with you in your challenges. I will always be for you. I will all, like these, so ultimately in those moments, what we do is we don't compassionlessly tell people that God's working it out for your good. No, we act like Christ and we be with them in it. And we go to God together with them and say, that sucks. I hate that that's what you're dealing with right now. I, I know I don't have what, what is required to resolve that. I know I don't. And the truth is, I don't even think that there's a resolution other than we just grieve together. So I'm going to sit here and grieve with you and go to God with you, because I know that God didn't promise to raise every person from the dead, but he did promise to be with us as we grieve. So let's go together. That's mm-hmm. the best. Of, and that's that's ministry. That's right. It, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't mean that we have to always be expecting a miracle. Part of what a part of what ministry is, is being with each other, too that's what the spiritual gift of compassion is for or mercy. Right. (laughs) Right. It's, it's this, it is this ability to be with people in those spaces, but also be with people in those spaces in a way that is not just, you know, that is not just trite. It is like, it is, it legitimately, legitimately embodies the mercy of God to be with them in that moment. Um and um and anybody can and should do that. But there is, I mean that is there are individuals who have a unique capacity for that as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, um I uh I think this is really helpful. I think it it helps navigate, helps people navigate. I think I think there's a lot of bad teaching on both sides. Agreed. Um and just one one more quick kind of comment on the formula stuff. I've heard people I've heard people. So I played football, and uh, I I played semi pro for a year, and I was like the Tim Tebow of the team.
1: Wait a minute! Uh, how come you didn't tell me this?
0: What am I going to do? Like, hi, I'm Noah. I, I played semi pro football for a year.
1: Absolutely, uh, that's exactly what. That's exa- exactly how you should introduce yourself moving forward.
0: So, uh, <laughs> semi pro is a lot of fun. It's very bush league. Uh, it's you know you have a wide array of of talent of talent. Um, but it was also a great ministry like opportunity. Right. And I was the Tim Tebow of the team. So I was like in the thick of pastoring my church in Lansing, I was 29 and very much like a pastor on the team. I would pray before practices. I would pray before games and after and all this stuff. Yeah. I pray for guys. I share in the gospel with guys all the time. I tore my ACL for the third time uh, that season and I was, I was pretty mad at God about that. Like, Hey mm. God, what's up with that? And I even prayed pretty directly for healing. Like after the, at the game, like when I knew it happened, I was texting people like pray that this, I believe God can put my knee back together. You know, like this is stupid because I'm as in that I, it tore because I'm doing all this great ministry and I'm having a blast. I'm having a lot of fun and all this stuff. But then I, I didn't play again after that. And I I chaplain for two years on the same team. So I was with the team for three years And it's funny because guys, um, it's like they would look to me to heal them.
1: Mm.
0: Like they're playing football, right? Like if you you stand in front of a semi-truck, it's going to hit you. You're going to break things (laughs) because you stood in front of a semi-truck, right? Like so. Yeah, yeah it's not a lack of faith that you I can't heal you like your body snapped in half because you stood in front of a semi truck (laughs) that's what football is like it's a lot of small semi trucks and you're standing in front of them and like you're gonna break bones you're gonna tear ligaments you're gonna pull muscles and I've just I've just heard people Christians heartfelt Christians who I really feel for them in their faith because they'll say things like this is the same for like somebody had the flu you know pray i don't know how i got the flu because i was doing my devotions i was praying every day and i got the flu and it's like yo we live on planet earth man like there's flus and there's COVID 19 and if you play football you're gonna get hurt like it's it's a contact sport right like this you're not getting hurt there, again back to the formula i think yes there's so much yes. legalism that we believe in yes and we we just think what legalism means is we're adding rules to the gospel and and then we add all this condemnation onto ourselves and others well for when this the, stuff happens it drives me crazy
1: and the only and the only way that you can keep the only way you can maintain legalism is to lie yeah that's just the truth. That's the yeah. only way you can maintain legal. That doesn't work for lie. anybody.
0: That doesn't be- work.
1: That because never- because ultimately we are like you already said, we keep trying to put God into a formula or put, put position God to be in our box of understanding and yeah. our imagination. And God is like, no, I'm one, that's that's never gonna be who I am. Never going to be who I am to just conform to your uh, imagination. God absolutely has uh, demonstrated humility in, in encapsulating himself in our needs. But that's not the same thing as saying that, God, you have to do what I want you to do because of what because uh you promised that you would you would uh, you know never leave nor forsake me and you're gonna provide for us like no listen, you ain't gonna blackmail me. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> like,
0: right. That's you're not gonna,
1: like. You yeah. ain't gonna blackmail me. Okay, listen, yeah. that's not a thing. Okay. Yeah. I'll real quick break all one, every one of my rules because I made them up. So yeah. like, <laughs> so, like I, I think that you know, uh, another quick story. I'm a singer for those who are who don't know, I'm a singer. Um uh and um i there was a time um i was around 27 years old um and i and my allergies seasonal allergies started to kind of kick in around then but i didn't know that (laughs) um so i uh and i had gone like four weeks with this nasty like like congestion and my voice was always uh, my throat was always sore my voice was scratchy and I had to sing regularly I was recording and um and leading worship at a church and like there was a lot of different things going on and I was getting on to, um, so those of you who are here in um, the Grand Rapids area, there's a highway here called M6. And I was, get, I was pulling on to M6 and I was mad at God. I was like, you yep. can raise people from the dead. You can like split red seas, but you can't heal my voice. Like what's going on? And clear as day, the Holy Spirit was like, you got insurance. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I do. I set up a doctor's appointment. There you go. I went to the doctor. They told me I needed to get some saline. I sprayed <laughs> it in my nose. And two days later, I was better. There right? Like, yeah, <laughs> right. So there is an element to, we don't, again, we don't teach this well, right? Yeah. We don't teach this well. And when we put legalism to it, the only thing we can do is lie. And by lying in that situation is like, like we tell people, God is a miracle working God. So you don't ever have to depend upon anything else. No, that's not a thing. God is a miracle working God and has always wanted us to be able to have interdependence upon one another, which means that I am intricately involved and engaged with the creation as well. And God is solving problems through creation as well as supernaturally, Yeah, right? It's not one or the other. It's both and we have to be willing and humble enough to seek the lord as opposed to being so arrogant to say i know what's best because this is the formula that i want today
0: yep yeah it's good yeah. hey we're out of we're out of time so i'm gonna, Man uh, such a good conversation i know we'll have to pick this up i have more i have more questions i want to ask. wait you get to talk uh, about
1: speaking in tongues brother yeah. no, I'm,
0: I'm, just I'm just kidding we don't you're right you're right we didn't i i, I think we'll have to continue uh tongues i wanted to i I want to talk about the baptism of the holy spirit i want to talk about yes anointing oil and so uh let's 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 do that next time we'll 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 do this again if you guys have spontaneous guest hosts that's right and so Um, listeners uh send your questions in hopefully this stirred the pot a little bit podcast at uh beyond the battle.net but we got to save some time for noah's rants and so we already did uh, the
1: pre-rant, so now we, we gotta get the actual I'm all, rant.
0: <laughs> I'm all warmed up, but we know Chase can't be here for that because it gets a little, a little wild and crazy. And so listen, I, I, I need
1: somebody to email me directly if he's ranting about me. No,
0: no, it's, it won't be about you. will be about you. I, I only rant. I only rant about very serious. Uh, you know, very controversial mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. that's I all, I read.
1: <laughs> yes, I've listened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't listen to my warning to stop listening. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that I give, that I'm about to give right now. So, <laughs> so Chase, thanks, man. Thanks for joining us for episode 72, and yeah. uh it, we'll, we'll uh, definitely have you back on soon to, to keep this up. Congratulations on the book, and uh, keep up the great work. All right, man. Hey, thanks for having me on all right well as i said it's that time of the show i warned chase not to listen to noah's rant like i'm warning you why would you want to listen to what follows if you are uh, an intelligent sensible civilized individual all of the the warning sound the siren you hear is to tell you that all of the serious mature uplifting content of the episode is now over and it's time for uh some would call it stupidity. Some would call it uh, an attempt of humor. You know, uh, I know your third favorite podcast is the Flip Side. Like the mug says, probably if we got rid of Noah's rant, Flip Side might be your first or second favorite. But I understand. I understand. So this is your last chance. To turn off the podcast. If you keep listening, it's your fault, not mine. Don't blame me uh, for, for for you listening and to Noah's rant and thinking it's stupid. So. Without further adieu, we give you the one, the only Noah's rant. Noah's rant. All right, happy October! Happy October to you all, uh, wherever you're listening from. What does October look like for you here in Michigan? October is beautiful all the we have lots of trees here there's trees everywhere and they are all changing colors going from green to the brilliant reds and oranges and yellow and they're starting to fall And October means Halloween Halloween hello Halloween I honestly may have ranted on this before uh you know when you're 72 episodes in and you're you're getting to be an old man like me, I literally can't remember what I've already ranted on before. So feel free to check me. Uh, But the fact even if I have already ranted on this, the fact that uh, haunted houses and horror movies are still a thing tells me that the first rant somehow was not effective. I don't know how that happens because you know Noah's rant exists to make the world a, a better place. And so, so today we are talking about haunted houses and horror movies. Now, this is not your dad or grandpa's Baptist church telling you not to go to haunted houses, telling you why they're satanic and all these things. No, no, this is me questioning those of you that like to be scared so to me fear is a negative emotion it's a negative emotion i don't like to feel fear i don't like to feel scared don't like that i had a bear visit my tent once when i was camping alone in a national forest i was scared i thought i was gonna die not a feeling that i enjoyed not a feeling that i would pay money Uh, to experience in a movie theater or to walk through some house or barn or corn maze and have someone make me fear, feel. Some of you, though, like that feeling. You like negative feelings on your body, uh, the feeling of fear. You'll pay good money at a movie theater to feel the feeling of fear. You'll go through a haunted house and you'll pay good money for someone to make you feel the negative feeling of fear so i had an idea i want to run it by you all and haunted houses are very popular lots of money to be made in the haunted house industry i'm always looking for you know side income sort of thing so i thought if people like negative emotions like fear but that's seasonal for whatever reason in the fall halloween you know that's the only time we really do haunted houses you don't do them year around what about some great marketing ideas for year-round other types of houses to capitalize on negative feelings that people would pay money to feel? So I thought about maybe a, a depression house. So a depression house, you pay money and there's people in the house and they they make you feel depressed. They tell you, you know, you're a loser. Uh, they make fun of you. They tell you no one's ever loved you and uh they just try to tell you every they maybe have pictures of of people in your past that have hurt you and wounded you and you you leave feeling really depressed you feel really sad really depressed i don't maybe an anxiety house an anxiety house uh would be um you 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 th- very similar to fear, really. I mean, I, I think you could really capitalize Anxiety House. Maybe you you unroll that in November off of at the end of the Haunted House line. You could hand out little flyers for the Anxiety House. Uh, you know, hey, you like fear. You just experienced it. You paid money to feel fear. How about taking it to the next level, coming to the Anxiety House? And so, you know, you figure out different ways, different things. People... Feel feel anxious about feel anxious about being being accepted. Uh, feel anxious about speaking in front of crowds. Feel anxious about meeting new people. Feel anxious about do you have enough money? Uh, showing you your bank account. Showing you your bills. Showing you how much debt you're in. An anxiety house. I think I think we can really make some money on this. So if I'm looking for What is that called venture capitalism i'm looking i literally don't even know what that means i'm looking for some venture capitalists out there that want to invest uh the we'll call it the flip side depression house and the the flip side anxiety house we have a, a brand now pretty well known pretty well known out there in the world so i think we i think we could do some things uh in all seriousness i went to a haunted house with my children we were at the YMCA camp at a fall festival. And so they had a haunted barn. And I had a, my, my kids actually wanted to do the haunted house. And I thought, who raised you for real? I hate being scared. I, I won't go into a haunted house. Why? I don't want to be scared. I have no problem admitting that. And so my five year old and my 11, almost 11 year old, 10 year old, almost 11 year old, Uh, They wanted to do the haunted house. My nine-year-old, not so much. She was raised right. So I asked a worker, how scary is this thing? I got a five-year-old that wants to do your haunted house. (laughs) And uh, it's a YMCA day camp event thing. So like, you know, it's for little kids. And I'm scared. I'll be honest. I'm asking for myself. So he said, you can go three levels. You can go really scary, uh, medium scary, or not scary at all. I was like, all right, ask the kids what they want to do. My 10-year-old wants to do medium scare. My five-year-old, she needs to do not scary at all. She, she has nightmares. She'll we'll watch the Lord of the Rings and try to you know, she, make her not watch the orcs and she watches and then has nightmares kind of thing, right? Okay, so she's, she's going to be not scary at all, but I got to go in, but no, nobody wants to go in by themselves. So I do medium scare with my 10-year-old and my my nine year old, I say I said my nine year old, you needed to go through with your five year old sister and do the uh, not scary at all. I did medium scare. Did I say it wrong? I think I said it right. So I'm doing medium scare with ten year old, and the the nine and the five are doing are doing not scary at all. So they they have they have a guide who takes them through with a different light, and the light tells you know the haunted house people what level. So they go through, and I, you know, they didn't get scared. They they just talked to a and whatever. I don't know. I don't know. And so then, me and my my ten year old go in. It is dark, and it's basically just a bunch of people jumping out at you, trying to get make you jump. And I swear to you, the first person jumped out at me. I speaking of angry brew and this this fist on my on my shirt here. I wanted to punch this person in the face because if I'm in a dark room and you jump out at me to scare me. My body immediately goes into danger mode. I am an eight on the Enneagram. I am ready to fight you at any moment. Now, I I didn't I was grew up as a Christian, being taught not to fight people. I was not this fighter, but I I my body wants to fight you, and I I did not punch this person in the face, thankfully. But I've got to think that a haunted house is out there. There are people without the self-control that I have that have absolutely punched people in the face that have jumped out at them with a chainsaw or with, you know, whatever whatever it may be. So I say that to say, work in a haunted house at your own risk, at your own peril. If someone like me punches you in the face, it's what you deserve for trying to scare people. It's mean to scare people and it's it's mean to take their money uh, for scaring them. So So here's the thing. We've made the world, we've made the world a better place today. On Noah's rant, uh, the goal—it's middle of October right now—is to have all the haunted houses uh, shut down. Let's turn them into happy houses. That's all I'm saying. Let's stop filling the world with negativity. Let's let's take all the horror movies, turn them into happy movies, happy houses. i pay money just if someone could make me feel happy. Yeah, I, that's, that's that makes the world a better place. Haunted houses? I don't know. I don't know. I just. But if if haunted houses do continue on, if 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 people don't listen uh, to this rant, I mean I know they're listening to the episode, but if they don't internalize it and make a life change, if they don't repent and turn in the other direction and turn them into happy houses. If the haunted house trend continues, uh, then uh, we'll we'll do the anxiety houses and the depression houses. We'll get that going uh, in November. We'll get those started up. We'll get the flip side uh, the flip side chain going out there so let me know let me know if you want in on that just shoot a shoot me an email so if you want in on our on the business venture and it's gonna be awesome we'll, we'll get get people's money from making them feel negative all right hey yo yo that wraps up episode 72 thank you for listening to the flip side in all seriousness if you like the flip side do share it with friends share this episode or some other episode on your your social media uh, give us some support at slash Noah Filipiak. And I will see you next time on The Flip Side. The Flip Side with Noah Philippiak is a Beyond Ministries production. Copyright Noah Filipiak. www.noahfilipiak.com. Theme music by Kyle Lake at K Lake Music. Used with permission. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And subscribe wherever podcasts are found. When I
1: finish, then it's time to bring me closer. there's no purgatory, because you're in or you're out. When you see them in the clouds, then you know it's going down. Raise them, raise them, raise them. They've been sleeping for some ages. Now all God's babies so confused by this hatred. Poor pit preachers shouldn't aim to be A-list. Money probably long, but short is what your days and you have. Ever-